in today's show, we're looking at sleepers for fantasy basketball on ESPN. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Yesterday, earlier today, depends on when you listen to it. I did a show on sleepers and I sort of talked about what sleepers meant and how it's just a term, really, that I can put on top of this YouTube video that people go, oh, sleepers, sick. But if you're watching these videos, and if you're locked into fantasy basketball, you know every player. There's no one you're sleeping on. There's no one you're not aware of. Um, if there are players you're unaware of, and you're just new to fantasy basketball, and you're finding the channel, fantastic, awesome, welcome. Hope you're going to learn a lot here. Hope you're going to learn a lot of stuff about how it works, and the value of players, and how to do that sort of stuff um, yourself, and come to your own conclusions, and we just chat about it. That's what we do here. So it's more about players who I think are undervalued at their current rank and not their current ADP. And who boy, if you um, if you play on ESPN, if you if yeah, if you do anything with ESPN with fantasy basketball, I apologize because there is going to be some ruthless roasting going on in this show because their rankings and their ADPs are garbage. The ADPs are a reflection of the ranks, but I don't know what the people drafting over there are doing. I have no idea what is happening with so many of these numbers. I'm going to talk about them. I want to try and figure out what's going on. If you're in a league over there, yeah, my, it's, it is. What's the phrase here? Taking candy from a baby. It's a bit like that. It's got about 40 guys here who I think are at least like 20 spots undervalued. And that's just out of the top 100 players. It, it seems pretty crazy, but that's where we are. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why is Kyrie Irving ranked at 75? I'm going to ask this question for nearly every one of these. Why is he at 75? Figure it out. Why? It makes zero sense. Oh, but Kyrie missed games last year. Yeah, Kyrie could go for his birthday party for two weeks. Uh, That's cool and all. Like, that's really sick. Um, Kyrie was the seventh best player on a per-game basis last season. And unless you think he's playing 30 games again, ranking him at 75 is absolute garbage. It's nonsense. It's... Um, disrespectful, not to Kyrie, he doesn't care, neither should you. It's disrespectful to the hobby, the industry that is fantasy basketball. Absolute garbage of the highest degree. ESPN rankers have said, oh yeah, that is garbage, we'll draft him at 50. Uh, what? No, no, Kyrie's a second round guy, third round at the very latest. If you're getting him at pick 50, which apparently on average people are, you're doing very well. It's a ridiculous rank. There's no basis of logic for it it's ridiculous simple as that this one is too Damian Lillard is ranked at 32 with an ADP of 33 Look, I know I know Lillard struggled last season right I, I do know that maybe this one isn't as egregious Lillard was he shot poorly he also had a ripped up abdomen that required surgery 
and we have 10 years plus of Lillard being better than that and one 20-game sample where he was injured of him being around this area. I'm banking on Lillard bounce back. I'm not waiting to get him at the end of the third round. He's ranked 32, ADP 33. So the thing that bothers me a bit with this is that the people drafting on ESPN see him rank 32 and he gets to the top of the list and they go, nah, we'll wait and push his ADP down. Like I can understand a bad, I can't understand a bad, a bad ranking. I don't understand the logic that goes behind it. But the people drafting should go, shit, where's Damian Lillard? Even if they pick him at 20 or 22. Not like he gets, if your ADP is a, a bigger number, so lower than your rank, that means that you're in a draft room and you're sitting there and at the top of your queue, Damian Lillard is there and you go underneath him to get somebody else. Now, maybe that person you've got underneath him to get is Kyrie Irving, but it means you are deliberately avoiding the top of the pre-ranked board. Sure. Um, Kawhi Leonard. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> Imagine you're drafting on ESPN. You get Lillard in round three. You get Kawhi in round four. You get Kyrie in round five. Now, I probably wouldn't want to pair Kyrie and Kawhi together, but you know what? In round four and round five, I would. Kyrie is ranked at 56. His ADP is 45. He is going to miss games. He's going to miss them. He's going to miss back-to-backs, I imagine. But he's going to play basically how he would normally. And in past years, when he's missed 15, 20 games, he's been a top 10 player by total value. So 56? Who are the 55 players better than Kawhi Leonard? I, I, they don't exist. That's that's the simple answer. Um, <clears throat> This one, again, absolutely no sense at all. Tyrese Halliburton is ranked 33rd. Now, Tyrese Halliburton was ranked, I think, 22nd last season. So we're looking at it and going, oh, he's going to be worse, at least a round worse than he was last year. And then drafters are going, Tyrese Halliburton at 33? No, we will pick another nine guys ahead of him. And his ADP is 42. Can you justify it? Well, you can try. I'll tell you, you're wrong, but you can't justify it. It's impossible. It makes no sense. If you do have a reasoning as to why Tyrese Halliburton would be getting picked at pick 42, can you drop it in the YouTube comments here and explain to me any logic behind that? doesn't exist, but I'd like to hear you try. All right, I get this one a little bit. I, I, I get it more so. Porzingis. Chris Stapps is ranked at 42. His ADP is 56. I do think that Porzingis is going to be a top 20 player per game. I, I do worry about his knees for sure and missing 15 games. So I don't, I don't hate that. I still think there's value. I think he can be a third-round guy, early fourth-round player. Um, so it's not as bad as the others, but I still think there is some value in that. But with all the value everywhere else in, in the ESPN format, you probably you probably pass on Porzingis to grab a Kyrie at pick 50 or a Halliburton at pick 42. You probably pass on, on Porzingis to get those guys. I think the Rock DJ is also a bit low. He's ranked 48th, and again, it's one of those things where drafters are looking at him at 48, by the way. He was the 29th player on a per-game basis last season. He missed three fewer games than Luka Doncic. I think four fewer games than Giannis. He did have some injuries in the playoffs, but that's what's sticking in people's heads. He still played 64 games, I think it was. But drafters are going, well, Rob Williams is 48. We'll pick him at 58. What? Why? Um. Yeah. There's value in that. He's like a third, fourth-round guy. Doesn't make sense. <clears throat> Kate Cunningham. Kate Cunningham. 
Now, I'm pretty high on Cade Cunningham this year. My name is Richie Cunningham. He's ranked 71st. His ADP is 73. He was 53rd last season. Top 30 over the last two months, I think. That This is unbelievable value. And again, drafters are seeing him at 71 and going, nah, let's pick someone else instead. What? 73 for Cade. 73. Again, I'll say it again. 73. What? What? Are we, what, what? What's happening? What are, these, what are these numbers? They don't make any sense to me whatsoever. But what does make sense is BetOnline. The number one spot for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. NFL Week 1 is in the books. I hope you won your fantasy matchup. I hope you got your picks right. If you want to find all the information for Week 2, for college football coming up as well, Week 3 for college football, BetOnline is going to have all of that, all the league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. I wonder if BetOnline has any odds for who can make the dumbest coaching decision because you're not going to beat Nathaniel Hackett from yesterday. You're just not. It's impossible to beat. That is literally the worst coaching decision I've ever seen anyone make in any professional sporting environment. But... I don't think they've got odds for that, but they've got odds for everything else. Golf, MMA, baseball. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Speaking of BetOnline, they are partnering up with Locked On NBA to give you the top 50 players who move the betting lines the most this season. Starting on September 19th, you can find it on Locked On NBA, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, the top 50 players who move the betting lines this season. Now, at least this one makes a little bit more sense than some of the earlier ones. Anthony Edwards is ranked at 49th. Now, Edwards was around this same area last season. He was 44th. Uh, I do think he's going to take a step up. Now, some people are going unbelievably hard with him. They're picking him like 15 or 16, which to me is too early. I do think he takes a step up. His ADP reflects a little bit more reality. He's getting ADP'd. That's not the right word. He's getting drafted at 38. And I still still think that's a little low. It's not egregious. 49 ranking is too low. Same visit for DeAndre Ayton. Ranked 52. ADP 55. He wasn't particularly good last season, Ayton. Still a top 45 player. So there's value in him. I think Chris Middleton's ADP. People are very scared by the injury tag on Middleton. He's got this wrist surgery. It does probably keep him out the first couple of weeks of the season. But to me, it's a very similar situation to Pascal Siakam last season. I'm not worried about it impacting him impacting him throughout the year. He might only miss a week of the season. That's possible. Um, and this is a continued top 40, top 45 player through so many years. He did have a little bit of a drop-off last season, but he's still rock solid in that third or fourth round range. And if you're getting him in round five, I, I do really like that value. There's uncertainty with Miles Turner. I get that. He's ranked at 59, and that's not too bad. It's probably a little bit too low, even if he does end up with the Lakers, for example. His ability to block shots and hit some threes, he's still going to have fantasy translatability. He's not going to go to the Lakers, and they're going to play him 18 minutes behind Damian Jones and Tom Bryant. I wouldn't have thought. And Anthony Davis is too scared to play center, so they will play together. But again, why are drafters just avoiding him? His ADP is 76. 76. Oh, that is amazing value. What about this one? Desmond Baines ranked 81. I mean, sure. 
And then ADP at 91. This is a guy that was top 50 last season. Now, I, I do have some fear with Bain that old mate Dylan Brooks is going to come in and say, I'm the captain. Everyone else, get out of the way. That's a worry, right? I don't think we should be pushing Bain down 40 spots from where he was last season. Seems, seems pretty crazy. Scotland Barnes is ranked 70th. He's ADP 68. At least drafters are going a little bit higher. I, yeah, I think that Barnes is going to improve. I think most second-year players do. That's, that's, a, that's a general rule. Shout out to the sophomore slump, which, of course, like so many narratives, is fake. It's fake. So Barnes should improve. He was 67th last season. But this is just assuming he does the exact same thing. I think, you know, 50, 40 is, is, real, is reasonable for Barnsley. That seems too low. I get it. You've got to have an appetite for risk. But Ben Simmons at rank 90 and ADP of 93. This is a guy who has had top 30 seasons. This is a guy that in a punt free throw situation is a top 40 player. This is a guy in a points lead that's probably a top 40 player. Yeah, there is some worry that his usage won't be high. He's not a usage player. It's steals, it's assists, it's rebounds. He's still, he's a better passer than Kyrie. You worry a little bit about the availability and how his back goes. That is all a concern for sure. But I still think there's at least 20 spots of value there in taking Simmons at pick 90. That's round eight, round nine type type areas. Um, This one's insane. Devin Vassell at 146 ranked. At least he's eight getting drafted at 137 with an ADP. Okay. This is a top 50 potential player. Do not pick him at top 50. You don't, if you're on ESPN, you don't have to pick him at top 60. You don't have to pick him at top 70. You probably don't have to pick him at top 80. You can get him maybe in round nine, round eight. It's so much value for Vassal. The opportunity, he was already top 100 after Derek White was traded last season. And now DeJounte Murray's been traded. The opportunity is gigantic for Vassal. That, that's worse than what he was all of last season. And White and Murray aren't now, aren't there? Jalen Green's ranked at 150. Yep. Yep, he is. His ADP is 123. He was top 60 over the last two months of last season. He does struggle at times with percentages. He can have low rebounds and low steals. But that's insane. Like, that's crazy. If you're not as... I think Green can push to top 50 this season. But even if you don't believe that, surely you think he's top 100. Surely. 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 Now, this one, of course, hasn't been updated because why would you update it? It wasn't like it was a big trade or anything. Larry Markkinen is 115. And to be fair, when he was in Cleveland, that's probably about right. That's probably about the right spot if he was in Cleveland. But he's not. So his ADP is at 123. He's really dominating Eurobasket. Don't Dutch ride the Eurobasket stuff too much. What I'm more interested in is he's in Utah. The minutes probably rise. The usage probably rises. I think he's maybe a top 70 player, maybe a top 80. I'm not, you know, he's killing Eurobasket. That doesn't always translate across. The more important thing is the improved usage, the, the increased role. The, he's the number one or number two now on that team. That's what's more interesting, well, assuming that Bogdanovich and Conley go, but yeah, that team's still a, a clear mess. I would obviously, as you've seen me do in mocks already, I, I would take Lowry well ahead of this spot, well ahead. And I'm not a big Larry Markkinen fan. I think there's some value in Jalen Brunson. It's not egregious, but he's ranked 94th. His ADP is 101. It does get hard to find point guards towards the end of draft. So, you know, he's probably a 70 to 80 guy. If he's getting picked at 100, I'm not 
in the camp of people who think this is a fourth round player because now that he's away from Luca, he's going to become the number one usage guy on the Knicks. I don't think that's his game. And Randall and Barrett are still there. And if there's one thing I know about Julius Randall and even about RJ Barrett is they're not necessarily role players. They don't want to be role players. They want to get those shots. Whereas Brunson can be a role player. He can be a facilitator. So I don't, yeah, I don't think that Brunson's coming out. All right, boys, 28 usage. I'm running everything. Randall, you stay in the corner and miss shots. Barrett, you stay in the other corner and miss shots. Actually, you miss them at the rim. Randall, you miss them from three. And we'll see what happens. I don't think that's going to happen. I still think there's great value in him, though, at 101. It's a really, really nice spot to draft him. Um, This guy's boring, right? For a guy that used to be so exciting, who is like a top 20 fantasy player, the Baptist John Collins is boring now because of the role on the Atlanta Hawks. If he's traded to a team where they play him 33 minutes a night, bang, this is top 30, easy, right? But he's not. He's going to be squeezed. Maybe a little bit less so because Gallinari's gone. Maybe that helps him somewhat. But usage is going to be down with Murray and with Young. Rebounds and blocks are down because of Kapala and Okongwu. Field goal percentage drops. But his ADP is, I should have said this, his ADP is 87, crazy, and rank is 77. I think he's like a guy you get in the 50 to 65 type range. 87 is way too low, I think, for John Collins. And yeah, there is pretty big upside if a trade happens or just the fact that Gallinari is gone. Maybe it gives him two extra minutes because their power for depth behind, behind Collins is either Mo Harkless or it's Jalen Johnson. Yes, DeAndre Hunter can push up, but Bogdanovich is injured, so their depth at the three is not really there either. They've traded out a lot of depth. And Justin Holiday is he the guy you want to rely on? Hopefully not. But I guess they'll have to. Josh Giddy, I think, is too aggressively ranked on Yahoo. But I also think he's probably a bit underranked on ESPN. He's at 92. His ADP is 98. Yeah, there are concerns with percentages. I do think we'll get improvements for that. Steal rate, I'm, I'm not sure. But he's one of the best passers already in the NBA. He's a good rebounder. He's a solid usage player. You don't think of him like... But he's a 20, 21 usage guy who can ramp that up a little bit. Not too much, but a little bit. And yeah, 90, rank 92, ADP 98. That's just sort of saying you just repeat what you did last season, really. And I think he can be better than that. I think he can improve on what he did last season. You know that this guy is going to be on the list. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Shingun's ranked 172nd. His, rank is, his ADP is 136. Now, I think that he's got legitimate top 50 upside, but I would not pick him there. A lot of things would need to go right for that to happen. I think he's more in the 70 to 75, 80 range. I feel really confident that he's not slipping outside the top 100. I feel, I feel really confident about that. 172, that's saying we're not drafting him in 12-team leagues and probably not 14-team leagues, which is insane. He just, he, he has to be drafted in those leagues. I don't know why he wouldn't be. But that's the beauty of assessing this stuff. Um, again, I, I get this one completely. Kevin Porter's ranked 110th. His ADP is 114th. People get so scared of all oh, these turnovers. They're terrible. He's got, uh, can have bad free throws, and, and that is a worry. But you don't let a starting point guard who plays 35 minutes a night, who will rack up points, rebounds, assists, who can get some steals, who hit threes at a pretty good rate last season. I don't think you let him fall this far. It's got to be on the right team, but there will be that right team sitting there somewhere. In a Roto League, it's maybe a little bit harder. It's not impossible, though. Like, if you're going to drive Giannis or Luca or Zion, 
you can draft Kevin Porter. You can you can deal with the problems that that he does possess, and there is potential that the field goal percentage improves. The free throws, I'm not convinced on. I'm not convinced that someone's taking his minutes. So that's why I feel pretty strongly about you know, his at least floor. I think 110 is just pushing it too low. Yeah, I think you know, I'd take him in the 80s, 70s. I consider it 90s definitely. 110, 114 is uh, too far down. We talked about Devin Vassell increased usage. Colton Johnson's going to benefit as well. He's at 112. This should be a guy that goes in the 70s. I would guess push it to 80s. Maybe you worry a bit about the increased usage, decreasing efficiency. He has absolutely nothing in terms of steals and blocks, but he might be able to get more assist opportunities given the paucity of good players on this team, and usage should be really strong. He could average 25 points a game. He could. He probably won't. He's not that good. And if you're in a dynasty format, this might be his best season ever. But 112 doesn't make a lot of sense. Brandon Clark is an interesting one. I saw him go really early in the draft I did today, like at 60-something, which was crazy. Um, But he's ranked 124th. He should get an increased opportunity if Jaron Jackson misses the start of the season, which I do believe that he will. And that gives him value to take at least 10 to 15 spots higher than this. He's 124. His ADP is 133. I know he played five games last year and he was bad. But Magaporta Jr. ranked 161 is nonsense. I don't think he's got the upside that we thought that he had at the start of last season. Because at the start of last season, we knew that Jamal Murray was not there. But Jamal Murray is there. So he's not going to be a top 30 upside player. But he's definitely a top 100 upside player, and he's probably a top 70 upside player, and he's being picked at 133. Franz Wagner. I know he hurt his uncle. Uncle. Franz Wagner hurt his uncle. No, Franz Wagner hurt his ankle at Eurobasket, and there was some concern that it was going to be serious. But two days later, he was practicing. So fingers crossed, we've avoided something really serious there. He's at rank, he's 117th, his ADP is 121. And it is true that with the addition of Paolo Banquero, the return of Jonathan Isaac, that maybe his scope to have a big usage bump is reduced by the addition of those players. That's possible. But I still think that he's better than this. Like he's a really solid 80 to 90 type guy, I think maybe at 100. But 121 is just giving you a lot of value. Now we're getting to some of the guys that aren't ranked and they're getting picked really late. Jalen Smith, not ranked, ADP 140. Yep, all right. Last pick, no worries. He's a top 90 guy with top 50, top 60 upside. That's crazy that he's not listed there at all. Jabari Smith, like every rookie on ESPN, is not ranked. His ADP is at 136. This is, again, a top 100 sort of a player. Not a high scorer, but he'll rebound. He'll get some threes. He'll hurt your field goals, but he'll get steals and blocks as well. And he's going to have a pretty strong role. Yeah, I, 136, it's crazy. There's no way he should be sitting that low. And then, there's another... I can't just go through everyone and tell you all their ADPs, but I've got another 14 names here that I think are ranked at least 15 to 20 spots too low. Or have an ADP 15 to 20 spots too low, because some of them aren't ranked at all. Jordan Poole. Gordon Haywood. Buddy Heald. Paulo Banquero, who's going outside the top 100. P.J. Washington, Jr., who's going at about 140. Trey Jones, who's really late in drafts. I think he's got top 100 upside. Isaiah Jackson's outside the top 120. 
If it's Zubats is outside the top 130 and there's no other center on the Clippers, yes, they will play small with Covington and Morris and Batum, but Zubats still will get minutes. There's no, literally no other center there. Keegan Murray, another rookie with no rank. Nick Claxton's at like 150. Brooke Lopez is about 140. Pat Beverly's at about 140. Jared Vanderbilt Bar, a little iffy about the role with Markin and how he fits in, but he's still ranked too low. And for that strong rebound and steal sort of presence that he provides, I think we can get something out of him. And then Monty Morris. Again, is his upside that high? I don't think so, but the last two to three months of last season, he was like a top 70 player. And I don't necessarily think that it's much like the Brunson thing. Oh, wow, now he's away from Jokic. He's used to just spike. But yeah, he's now going to play next to Barton, Beal, Kuzma, and Porzingis. So he's probably the fifth offensive option in the starting group. And even if you replace Barton with Hachimura, Mont- Morris is still the fifth offensive option. Maybe if Avdia starts or Kispert starts, then he could be fourth. But his assist should rise a little bit. But he's just really solid. And their backup point guard situation is... It's still on right. He's solid enough. But I think Morris gets those good minutes. And he's another really interesting guy that we can pick late. There's just tons of options. That's 40 guys. 42 guys, in fact, that I think are going probably two rounds, at least one and a half rounds to two rounds, too low on the ESPN format. Some of them 50, 60 spots too low, which is obviously crazy. So if you are drafting over there, take advantage of it if you can. Because some of these things are wild. They, they don't, the logic behind, and I, people can have differing opinions on players' roles and value, but when... I can't find, and I look at all these and think of a, a legitimate justification for it. Is it backed by projections? Is it, what's it backed by? And if I can't find that answer, then I go, well, it's, I think it's wrong to have that player there. And that's how I view those. What do you think of those ESPN sleepers or undervalued players? Drop them down below. In the comments, tweet it at me at redrock underscore beeble. And follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. On the Odyssey app, yep. On our YouTube, thumb it up. Subscribe, notification bell, comments. All of those things really help the channel out a lot. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.